All right. So we got a good yeah. one coming up tonight. Uh, this one's been in the works for a while. Um, initially made contact with this fantastic lady over a year ago. and We've been working on a date, working on a time, and uh, things have finally come together. And we're so, so pleased to have her. I'm not going to get into any details right here. I've got to leave the suspense building a little bit. But uh, we're going to talk about gonna talk about some fun stuff but we're also gonna try to bend bend our ear on some uh some uh kind of confrontational maybe what, what word should i use for that controversial, controversial. yeah controversial, controversial. topics controversial. in and around the nhl right now hot button items uh so you're not gonna want to miss this again uh big thanks to phg sports uh they're our sponsor for season two of the dsc podcast uh, without those guys contributing, uh, I don't know if we'd be able to be doing this at the level that we're doing. So, again, big shout out to them. Uh, you can catch those guys at www.phdsports.com. PhD Sports, that's where the pros sign. All right, guys, without further ado, I say titter tatter. Let's get at her. Okay, folks, uh, welcome to another episode of the Deke Snipe Silly Podcast. Uh, this evening, we're joined by uh, a fairly, uh, fairly famous Canadian now, and uh, we'll talk a, a bit more <laughs> about that. She started off uh, as a musician, actually, from what I gather, uh, had musical aspirations and quite a singer. Uh, I first stumbled on to, uh, to Tara when she was on uh, Rockstar uh, in Excess. Fantastic job there, of course. Um, lost track here for a few years because we're East Coasters, and, uh, and Tara spent... Uh, Five years working at Breakfast Television out in, in Calgary with City TV. But mm-hmm. uh, for the past eight years, which I can't even believe when I look to find out how long she's been uh, been doing this, it's eight years with uh, with Hometown Hockey alongside, of course, uh, the iconic legendary Ron McLean. Um, and, of course, in 2020, uh, she was named as host of, uh, of a new, I guess you call it a docuseries, uh, Top of Her Game uh, with Tara Sloan. So, um, yeah, we have the... Uh, Probably, I'm going to go as far as to say, one of the most recognizable personalities in Canadian sports media. The talented, yeah. intelligent, incomparable <laughs> Miss Tara Sloan. Welcome that's to the show, Tara. ridiculous, but... Uh, <laughs> that's pretty close, I think. No, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be part of a national broadcast that has, you know, I guess elevated my profile to some extent, but uh, there are far more accomplished and notable people out there <laughs> you have a lot of people that look up to you yeah right. I, and listen and i take that i do take that seriously and and you know i think especially as a woman and i i certainly didn't grow up seeing anybody that looked like me talking about sports so no nope. um, but you know i <laughs> i always sure. say yes to um young women who want to talk to me who are interested in getting into broadcasting and um have all the time in the world for for girls and, and women who who want to potentially do this one day yeah it's, it's really funny because awesome. we, we kind of we've been stringing together or trying to do some some of these recorded podcasts and we've been stringing together a series of hopefully a series of what we're calling trailblazing women uh who've who've been impactful in sports because it all stems from our, our lovely co-host here kylie when when we started the idea of a podcast and went looking for people who knew the game as good or, or better than anybody i knew uh 
Kylie Trump doll. It was just the way it was, and it was it was a big eye opener for me. I never I never envisioned myself as a sexist person at all. I have a lot of friends, and it was always a mutual respect thing. But I was just so blown away at her knowledge base of the sport. Uh, she played more hockey than the rest of us combined. It's just one of those situations where she was the perfect fit, and it's it's really uh, spurred us into this. Like I said, we want to do a series of, of trailblazing women, and we couldn't think of a better person than yourself to uh, to bring on. So again, thanks so much for taking the time. But uh, let's talk about you're from the East Coast, right? So you grew yeah. up in Halifax. Well, and how was that? Yeah. So I my family's from Montreal originally, but my uh, my East Coast journey started when I was I guess in grade two. I was seven years old. My stepfather uh, got a job at Acadia University in Wolfville, Nova Scotia. So I lived in a valley for four or five years, um, went to Wolf Elementary School, and then came back. My dad was in Toronto, lived in Toronto for a few years, and then moved out, back out to Halifax and did junior high and high school and a little bit of university at Dalhousie. Hmm. Um, and I mean, I think it's, you know, those were my formative years and uh, it's just home. My dad is still there. So many of my friends, uh, a lot of my friends stayed, but a lot of my friends left and came back. I think that's kind mm. of, that's the draw of, of the East for sure. Oh, we have uh, a lot of that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think yeah. you reach a certain point in your life where you realize how good you had it and um, how much community can, you know, can su be supportive. And so everybody went their separate ways. They wandered and then they've returned. So it's, it's home to me for sure. Did you, uh, did you keep your Sam the Record Man friends? <laughs> some of them yeah actually quite uh, a few. i still have all mine i spent two years at send the record man no way yeah <laughs> and, uh, quite a few yeah. i mean yeah. i still have all my friends from there yeah no uh, it seems to be a big thing when you meet somebody from there so the same stories from uh, different locations it was always yeah. a great time totally it was yeah i wouldn't <laughs> for for anything in the world i'd I, still be there if it paid yeah right if it still existed i guess i was gonna say is that even still open no oh. well the funny thing is if we were recording this podcast 10 years ago we would have had to continue now with an explanation as what a record store is or was but yes. here we are yeah. full, full circle as adults right yeah so, right Absolutely. you mentioned the word home this is coming out of the blue because you just mentioned that word i don't know if you find i work for a large uh national corporation as well mm -hmm. um the definition of home and the meaning of home on the East Coast seems mm. to be a whole lot different as you travel across the country. Uh, I can remember a store here in St. John's at one of the malls, and there was a T-shirt that I always recognized was, when you're in heaven, you always know who the Newfoundlanders are because they're the ones that always want to go home. Uh, <laughs> so um, do you find that in your travels that people tend to want to go back home, back to, to the East Coast? Is that a thing? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I, I think all the, you know, Atlantic Canadians, um, they all find each other wherever they are. Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah, um, you'll always know like a gaggle of, of people. Like I know, a, you know, there's a contingent from Halifax here. There's a contingent from Halifax and the, and the East coast, you know, every, they always find each other no matter where they are. And I, I, I do, I think that is a unique thing the the, the draw to talk about home, to feel like you're home, and then to eventually, you know, fingers crossed, go back home. I mean, it's my, I, I would love to end up back there. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the chances you come a little further east? 
<laughs> I mean, it is extraordinary. Uh, everywhere I've been in Newfoundland has been unbelievable. So uh, I have enough friends there. I feel like, uh -huh. and, and people are awfully friendly. So I feel like now you got four more. Yeah, thank you. you. I don't think I'd be lonely for a second. No, <laughs> no any, that's any for sure. Any particular memory that sticks out to you, Tara, from your time on the island? I'm just curious. Anything that that really drives home what Newfoundland means to you from uh, as an outsider looking in? Um particular memory well i mean the first time i ever was in st john's was for the junos in 2002 ah. that was and yeah. <laughs> this is not related <laughs> to newfoundland this is related to the junos but i remember pulling into the parking lot at whatever hotel we were at and i saw a minivan just in front of us and then i saw um somebody from some 41 i think it was derek who's I think now sober, but Derek Wibley, the lead singer of Sum 41, like lead out the door, throw up. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was my first introduction, but that, that wasn't Newfoundland specific. That was just welcome to the Juno no, that, Awards. That sounds a bit right though. <laughs> He's probably the first door person. Street's pretty close. <laughs> first person to ever throw up in St. John's, right? No. <laughs> um, you know, oh I just goodness. think, well, I think one of the most special things um, ever is when we did Rogers hometown hockey uh, in Mount Pearl and we had Bob Cole with us. Mm. That was, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, and it's so, it's so easy for me to say it. Like everybody is lovely there. People are just so kind and, and sweet and hospitable. And I'm really sad that we didn't get to tell Gander's story, even though I think the world knows it, but I think we would have, yeah. you know, done it in a slightly different mm -hmm. way for hometown hockey and mm -hmm. fingers crossed mm -hmm. we get there eventually. Um, but, you know, Bob Cole is, uh, he's a, a legend and in, in his own, you know, yeah. he's got his own place on legends yeah. row. And uh, yeah. I think to, to, to watch him all reminisce about his early days at the regatta to reminisce about his early days calling games um, yeah. that and to sit beside him, you know, I, I think he he's so sweet and kind and, and makes you feel comfortable, but mm -hmm. I definitely had a pinch me moment. I actually ended up sitting beside him on an airplane accidentally once we were heading, oh, crazy. heading to Edmonton. He was flying from St. John's, but through Toronto, and I just got seated beside him and we talked for the whole trip. And he, he helped I me bet. or he asked me to help him do like his, you know, work on his lines for the Edmonton Oilers game. And then he had a, a CD Walkman, whatever disc man, I guess they were called. <laughs> yeah. still yeah. had one, And he was yeah. like, you know, playing music for me. And so that stands out for me for sure. That sounds yeah. pretty special. That's so good. Yeah. I, I love I love the Bob Cole references too because you know we don't always get them on the show, but when we have guests on, every once in a while there's a Bob Cole story, and it's just everyone goes, ah, Bob, yeah. Yeah. I mean, every time before you know at a hockey game, and you can hear them from you know United States to Newfoundland. Every time, it's just like yes, because a lot of times we're forgotten about over here. They'll say you know coast to coast, BC to Nova Scotia. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hello. <laughs> right like we're still here so it yeah it, away. Not, yeah we're, not yet <laughs> didn't break off well we did but you know what i mean we're still connected somewhat i suppose <laughs> but we're along the way <laughs> yeah too so, funny i gotta ask you now tara um so you're you're working you're working for breakfast television 
Uh, I mean, it's a good gig. There's no two, no two ways about it. That's, that's, that's a big deal in Canada, uh, no matter what coast you're on. Uh, but you get to call, obviously, there, I mean, I guess I'm assuming, I'm gonna, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm going to assume that there, there was some lead up to it. But you get to call that you, you've now got the opportunity to come uh, work with hometown hockey alongside of, you know, a, a, a national treasure in Ron McLean. How, how did that come about and what was your reaction to that? So I, when I was working uh, at Breakfast Television, you know, it's part of the Rogers family of stations. So mm-hmm. Rogers owns City TV, Rogers also owns Sportsnet. So I was lucky enough to start to, you know, move into, into the world of sports while I was doing Breakfast Television. I was doing you know, provincial curling championships and junior hockey with the Calgary Hitmen and bobsleigh. Like I would just, you know, I did a, a soccer game. Like I just, I was doing whatever I, I could do to, mm-hmm. to get involved on the sports net side. And so I had already made some, some relationships with the, the people at sports net, but I really remember, you know, when it came down the pipe that Rogers had landed the NHL deal, you know, this big five, whatever billion dollar deal, 12 years. Um, and they had this like little description of this new project called hometown hockey. It wasn't, you know, wasn't very thorough, but it's like, we'll travel from coast to coast, <laughs> as you say, um, <laughs> you know, telling the stories of, of all Canadians in conjunction with an NHL game. And I thought, you know, I had been racking my brain for a couple of years, like what would be a good fit for me with Sportsnet? What do I want to do? And really it was as soon as I read that, that I thought, think this is something I would like to be involved in because, you know, for mm-hmm. me, I'm not an analyst. I don't, you know, I, being a rinkside reporter didn't seem to be exactly up my alley, even though I, I do enjoy doing that, but it's the storytelling, right? It's the people, yeah. like I, I enjoy people. Um, and so I wrote a letter actually to the president of Sportsnet Wow. And I, oh. I still have it on my, uh, I haven't read it in a long time, but I have it on my desktop. Oh, well done. And I, I think I just said, this is why I think this is the, the project for me and why I would be a good fit. And so he passed my name along to the executive producer. And eventually I was, I was sort of set up on this weird blind date with Ron. Both of us, I, I was in Toronto <laughs> for, for a visit and both of us thought that we were meeting with the producer. Uh, and we both went to this Starbucks and we, you know, said, hi, hi. And we're just kind of waiting there. And it was just the two of us. And so we were just, we didn't talk about hockey at all. We talked about music, I think the whole time. Um, <laughs> cause he's, I mean, I think he's as big a music fan as anybody. So we just talked, we got along famously. Uh, I saw him again a couple months later, he was out for the Calgary stampede and I, I landed the, the gig and at the beginning it was a little bit more of a peripheral role so I was still doing breakfast television I was on half the hometown hockey stops as more of a, a reporter so it kind of in the crowd and then the year after I was uh, I was elevated to a full-time co-host position so that's awesome yeah but it was a real lesson in like if you don't tell somebody what you want they're not gonna yeah. know Right. Nobody would ever have known that I wanted to do hometown hockey. And you're like, like you said, about the stories and everything, it takes a certain type of person to really interact and, you know, I guess feel like you're actually 
inter not interviewing someone, but you're there to listen and not just do your job, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. and, and I never, I always feel like I can feel you're genuine through just through your interactions on TV, right? And obviously right now, but it takes a certain type of person, I think. And, and same, with, it's same with Ron, right? Like he got that, that same kind of personality. So I think they did a good job. Oh, thanks. Yeah, he, I mean, he is, it's the perfect show for him. And I, I think yeah. I, I really, he would say the same thing. I think it really reaffirmed uh, his love of the game. You know, I think he kind of needed it at that time because it was a weird time, right? It was when George was brought into hockey night and Ron yeah. was kind of left, you know, yeah. put, put out to pass. Coach's <laughs> corner came to an end. Yeah. Yeah. And that sort of hometown hockey was a bit of the consolation prize, but actually, I think, yeah. I think but it worked it, out. Yeah. I think it became a big yeah. positive came out of it. Yeah. That he really loved. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. I'm always I'm glad when the. I was going to say, I'm always glad when the Leafs are playing and it's hometown hockey. Always. Oh, yeah. You always get to hear the stories of like, obviously kids that you are like, or people for that matter, for that you yeah. never know about or people that, you know, you heard of years ago. And you're like, oh my God, there, there they are now or whatever the story may be that night. But it's always so interesting. The, the, the thing that makes hometown hockey so, so adaptable, I think, to Canadians mm -hmm. is that it's so relatable, right? Like, yeah. like you guys go into these towns that are no bigger than some of the towns or cities that we all live in. And you talk right. to people we who are really no different towns. than, than, than all right. of us. And we hear their stories and we can absolutely 100% relate to it. Prior to that, prior to home down hockey, all we heard about was people who we couldn't relate to, you know, yeah. NHL yeah. superstars and maybe their troubles off the ice or maybe they're, you know, who knows, whatever that might be. But my point being is that now now we're kind of all brought together uh through this hometown hockey i, I think it's absolutely yeah. phenomenal and like like kyla said they definitely cast it well because <laughs> your two personalities mesh so well which brings yeah. me to my next question because a lot of people you know that, that old thing if you get to sit on a park bench with somebody for an hour who would you pick ron mclean is pretty high up my list when it comes to people I, I'd, I'd like to share a bench with just for a little while and you get to share hours with him on the regular like what's it like being able to pick his brain on, on things hockey or not because i mean for me when i'm listening to ron on tv if you're not paying attention sometimes you're gonna miss it you know what i mean for sure and sometimes i mean you know he'll go somewhere and i'm like where, where are you going with this where are you and yeah then, i've noticed and then, it. <laughs> yeah and then but then he'll tie it up at the end with you know a perfect little bow i'm like i can't believe you wove that story together um I mean, you know, how much time do we have? It's hard to encapsulate like what it's like, but you know, I think Ron is just, he's, he's a very, he's a professional broadcaster. So he's the best at his craft. Um, but I think what makes him really good at his job is the fact that he's actually, he's genuinely curious. Like we go into, you know, an arena to, to do a puck drop and everybody stops him and I have to pull him away. I'm like, we have to go. Um, because he really wants to learn about everyone and talk. He's like a sponge. He loves to soak in information. He retains it all, which is the crazy thing, right? No, like it's what he possesses in terms of his photographic memory is just, you, you can't learn that. Um, but he's, yeah, he's just like a sponge. He just, he, I think he thrives on this reciprocity, like the energy exchange between people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, I mean, obviously we talk about hockey sometimes, but you know, we're not 
so much about the the breakdown of, of the game, but he got, he loves to talk about it, right? Like he loves when he can, we have our three stars kids at the end of the show and they'll yeah. talk about like, there's, you know, stick curve, or if somebody's, you know, mm -hmm. a, a young uh, officiant, like a referee or a linesman, then he gets really excited. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he loves, you know, he's just, he's, he's a great people person. He loves music. Like, so that's another real, real common, you know, theme for us we exchange a lot of music and uh he's obviously become a really really dear friend and we work really well together like we we collaborate on on the show's content and you know what's what sort of serves the the story the best i, I think what impresses me most about your tandem because you actually you both work really well together of course but is that you mentioned the word genuine but it's a it's a genuine soft approach and he's always had it for years since day one because he had to work next to Don Cherry. So it was that it was it was it was both sides of the coin, of course, but it's it's not seen in much of sports. Like if you look at NFL Sunday, which I don't I'm not a big football fan much. I only have room for the Leafs and that's it. Uh but if you look at NFL Sunday, there's so much controversy and just high temper stuff and it's just it's not an invi inviting env environment for like younger people. And, and I look at the end of hometown hockey every week. And you, you bring on the two minor hockey kids. And that is just absolutely amazing. My daughter just joined hockey for the first time this year, all girls team. And like now she's watching at, at waiting for the end to see what minor mm. hockey players are coming on. Cool. You don't get that in many other sports. You know what I mean? It's just no. so genuine, soft. And um, the whole controversial stuff that's so ingrained in sport right today is not there during that three or four hours. So good on you. Well, I mean, I will say though that we we don't stay away from tough topics, and you know, no. I think when it, you know, we maybe even more than other. I mean, I think other shows are starting to, you know, concentrate more on on representation and inclusivity and um, mental health. But I really think that you know we have led the way in in that way and and had the harder conversations with. The Sheldon Kennedys, the Clint Malarchucks, yeah. um, the the discussions about hockey culture and racism. Um, so you know, I think, but that stuff's real, right? It's not like I don't think yes. we don't try to be heavy-handed about it, but those stories are there and need to be told. And so yeah. you know, we don't shy away away from them. But for sure, we're not you know we're not boisterous. No, it hits you over the head style. Not in your face. No. No. Well. I think that's the perfect time to segue into something that caught my eye just recently. I might have even been from your Twitter. I can't really remember. I, I, I did save the, the clip because I had to look it up today. But uh, it was a, a snapshot from the Hockey News. Uh, I think it was the Money and Power issue where they where they, where they they named you as... Uh, what was the, hang, hang, let me look it up. I got it right here. So Sloan's voice has gotten stronger and louder each year. She's not afraid to speak her mind on social media about the rights of women, and other marginalized groups in sports. Her interview series, Top of Her Game, showcases uh, the journey and accomplishments of impactful women across multiple sports. Um, again, for, for, for a two or three <laughs> sentencer, that pretty much summed it up for me because nothing this past, since the pandemic came in, nothing has really impacted me like your statement on hometown hockey after the Kyle Beach um I don't want to call it a fiasco because it's not, it's th mm -hmm. that whole breaking of the news. Mm -hmm. um, 
because very often my, my intermission time when I'm in the intermission is my time to kind of sit back and relax, chill out because I'm I'm high tempo during the game and I just need that. Whew, let's just slide back in. <laughs> and when you started talking, when you gave your your when you said your piece, um, I sat I sat upright and listened. And a lot of people across the country, across the continent, uh, I think did the same. That's why there was so much talk about it after the fact because you were able to say what a lot of us were thinking and not able to get that that message out there to the world. So uh, again, hats off to you. Um, but I wanted to see just, just how much, or just how much further you think the league needs to go and in what direction when regards to these things, like you, you mentioned very early on in that, in that, uh, I call it a speech for lack of a better word, but, uh, black lives matter, racial injustice. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the HDA is now, is now a thing it's, 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 it's here. Uh, the players deserve it. And do you think that's getting the, the the attention of the league that it needs to get, or we still got a way to go? Well, I I think we have to wait and see. You know, I I feel a little bit encouraged that, you know, I mean, when I did that rant or whatever it was, I mean, it was it was planned to some extent, but not like scripted, and I didn't have to, you know, kudos to my producers and to Ron. Nobody asked me what I was going to say. Nobody vetted my. Uh, comments. Um, but that was right after Gary Bettman had given this press conference and he was like a mm-hmm. robot, you know, and it's like I the know. world didn't need a robot without any empathy. The world needed an empathetic, compassionate figure. And, and so yeah. I, I was very struck that day. Um, and one of the things that I think like really made me recoil was when he he was asked about Sheldon Kennedy and he was quite dismissive of Sheldon Kennedy, Mm, how Sheldon hadn't done any work with the NHL. Um, Well, the NHL now has enlisted Sheldon Kennedy to develop a a plan with that's pretty multi-pronged, I think. Um, And as far as what I I had a phone conversation with Sheldon. So I know that this is supposed to be rolled out through multiple levels, you know, AHL, PWHPA, uh, ECHL. So everybody should be getting the same level of training. Um, And Sheldon's focus is really on, you know, obviously bringing issues to light, but teaching people how to have conversations. Um, But I mean, I think only time will tell. Uh, As far as the HDA is concerned, I mean, I watched, Akeem Aliu's conversation with Chris Simpson a couple weeks ago when mm-hmm. they rolled out this Budweiser uh, tape out hate campaign. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he made it pretty clear that, you know, they, I don't think they have a lot to do with the NHL. I'm not sure that no. they're working with the NHL so much. Um, so I, I, I think we have yet to see. It's not just the NHL. Like, I think so much needs to happen at different, all these different levels. But as even in, you know, at the minor hockey level, like when you're prioritizing winning over taking care of your colleagues, your teammates, um, the end result is always going to be this. Yeah. Right. So it's, it really has to start. It has to happen at every level, but it has to start at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So true. So Tara, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a couple of, is along the same lines, but I'm going to throw a few names at you. Uh, Evander Kane, Logan Mayu, and <laughs> Dick Pound on behalf of the Beijing Olympics. So there's a lot of controversy, and I'll bring it all together in a second. 
We know what's happening with Evander Kane right now. He's had a storied past, um, a lot of controversial topics. Uh, Logan Mayu, the most recent draft pick of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, I have a young daughter, so I can't even get into what he did, nor do we want to get into the spe- specifics on this podcast. But it was a despicable act. Mm-hmm. Then said he was didn't want to be drafted. Montreal drafts him. And then it's the Olympics. I'm, I'm going to read you a quote that Dick Pound uh, was asked recently in terms of defending giving the Olympics to China, who has been has so many concerns around human rights. And here, here's this here's this quote: When we award games, when we award the games to a country, we don't do it as an indication we support the political objectives of, of that country. Is done on the basis of the importance of the country as a sporting nation and its ability to organize the games at the level the world now expects for an Olympic Games. So you're more than, more than willing to or more than welcome to delve in to each individual <laughs> in their comments. It's up to you. However, my, my, my question to you is at what cost, like when does winning stop and ethics start? Um, mm. I mean, I think that is that is the question, and I think it, this. I had a, another a great panel today with um, a couple of, of journalists, sports journalists, and this was the topic of our discussions. Like, you know, um, it makes it really hard to to be a fan when these things are are constantly happening. And you know, I, I think the thing to note, and I noted it in my earlier conversation too, um, when it comes to Evander Kane. I mean, there's a whole laundry list of problematic behavior. I do think as a human being, I mean, I think it's important to remain compassionate and empathetic. And, you know, it's, it's important to note that Evander is a, is a black man in a white man's sport. And, and I don't think I am making anything up when I say that black players are more likely to be labeled as problematic or troublemakers. You know, like we see it with Josh Hosang. We just see it. We see it with Akeem Elliott. We see it all the time. So, you know, there's probably Audrey. some, yeah, we see it. And so Too bad. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Too so I think it's hard to kind of separate that to some extent, but then when, you know, there are illegal activities, either alleged yeah. or actual right we know he faked a vaccine right. card um alleged assaults said alleged gambling so this is a, a a long list and you know but i think he's gonna get another another second chance he will um, yeah so yeah it's it's a really complex thing i mean the olympics and and awarding it to china it's to me it's unconscionable truly at this point yeah. i mean for and I mean, we now, I think the, the light is being shone a little more on the, the oppression and, you know, the, the Uyghur Muslims who are basically living in camps, right? It's mm-hmm. a, but they, they annexed Tibet, you know, over 50 years ago and, and Tibetan children are being forced to learn Chinese and, you know, their culture is being kind of decimated. So it's not new. No. Um, so where, yeah, where does, where does winning stop and ethics start? I don't know, but I, I think we're just, we're nowhere near, unfortunately. No. When it comes to Logan Mayu, I would like to think, I suspect uh, Jeff Molson did not like that decision to draft Logan Mayu in the first round. And 
uh, we have a full regime change in Montreal. Um, so I would like to yeah. think things are going to look a little bit different there ethically. Um, yeah, if they decide like what they're going to do about it now, you know, are they just going to keep, you know, keep going the way it is, or are they just going to really take action going forward and try to redeem anything? I'm not sure. But I think with the ethics and winning, I mean, it's all got to do with money. Exactly. And that's going to be hard oh, yeah. to beat. But it's it's a whole winning atmosphere as well. And for us, all four of us around here tonight are Leaf fans. Like, oh, I don't. It's all like, about the money I, there. Yeah. I've been pitching Evander Kane to the group here for weeks because take away the intangibles and some of the, the antics <laughs> that he's allegedly done, he's exactly what the Leafs need right now. And we want the cup so freaking bad. Am I willing to deal with part of that to get a cup? No. If you can play uh, defense, I, I maybe, maybe, and I, I don't know. <laughs> What's that? If you can play defense, yeah. But the thing is, if no. he's not liked in that in that locker room, right? Then it's not going to work, right? Like you no. can only fake the chemistry for so long until, I mean, my, my understanding, he he was not uh, welcome in that Sharks no. after a while, right? You so, had Thornton and Marlowe were there. You, well, I, don't, I yeah, I guess two of the boys were there at the same time. If you, yeah. if you can't figure it out in that dressing room with Brett Burns and uh, Couture awesome. and Pavelski, some of these guys, you're, yeah. you're probably not going to, and I may have some, some of those players may have moved on, but there were some strong characters in that room. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's really difficult. I would like to think Dubas because that, that is the guy that Leafs could really use. Again, let's take away the intangibles. I would like to think he went to the dressing room or he went to the leaders of that team and said, mm-hmm. What do you think an Evander Kane would look like in this dressing room? And I was going to say knowing John DeVaris. I don't know the guy, but we all know what his character is like. I think he would, uh, I, I think I he would say hell no. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And that I mean, that's clearly not something that Connor said McD- that, but Sorry. No. No, sorry. I remember there was a tweet, and I don't know if it was actually confirmed, though, that apparently Dubas had gone to... I don't know whether it was the leadership group or the team in general, and they had said no. But again, that could be complete rumors. Yeah. So I'm not sure. So that's something but, that uh, Yeah, like I said, with, yeah, they would. And I believe that they have more integrity than that. So I think he doesn't deserve another chance, in my opinion. I, he has, he's had like seven chances, <laughs> and that's enough. That's it. There's, it's there's no so many. What. Yeah, it's a very privileged position he's been in to have this yeah, many chances. Yeah, it is. So yeah. at, at a certain point, it's hard to. You know, you can feel bad for him as a human, but um, it's probably enough. I wanted to bring up because there was something that came out today about another Barracuda's player or something who had been suspended for a racial slur or something made in game. And I was just like, isn't that where Evander just came from? Like, it's just I feel like there's there's an issue going on over there for sure. Now, not to say that it's anything to do with Evander Kane, but. And I don't even know what actually happened, but I, I believe it was a gesture. Not good. Uh, was it? Yeah. yeah, it was a gesture. I mean, 30 he, got, games. he got 30 games. I think that's something. Wow. Um, but yeah, you know, I think we, I think the leagues have to move to either, you know, one strike and you're out. Um, there has to be zero tolerance at a certain point. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. At this I'm point, that risk reward type of thing. And like, why are the NHL or any sports league in general worried about one individual player when it comes to something like this? Throw, throw the book at him. Yeah. Um, like 30 games. I was, I shouldn't say I was impressed, but it's a lot more than other players have got for similar taunts or insults or demeaning things. Um, just throw the book at him. Like we, 
one player does not have it that much of an impact on in the AHL or on that particular team. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's ingrained into those individuals. Um just yeah, you don't want them. Bye, Felicia. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Yeah. If you're in a big corporation outside of the sports industry, in the True. company that I work for, if I ever mention that, I will never oh get another God. job in that industry again. For no. sure. No. You're, yeah, yeah, that's actually, that's a great point. Yeah, there, there is no other workplace where that would be tolerated. It's no. not like no. you take a, an unpaid leave of absence and you're welcome back at any point. No, you're right. done. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. your your career is over. Like that, yeah. it is what it is. You made the mistake, and now you have to pay for it. And that's oh. why I feel it's so unfair for Evander Kane because he's had so many at, the, at this point, so many chances. Whether yeah. those were actually proven, whether he was guilty or not, I mean, they didn't just those stories didn't just make up get made up out of nowhere. So he's not an angel. But anyway, but, but <laughs> it leads it leads us to the discussion as to at the end of the day, what is a GM paid to do? Right? Is he is he paid to construct a hockey team that's going to win a Stanley Cup, because that's what his the owners want to generate that income, or is part of the GM's job to to keep the the, the social aspect of of a fan's attention uh, at at the forefront as well and develop icons or role models as well as have a winning hockey team? Like, is that an actual priority to GM and should it be? And should we as fans be worried about? the off-ice antics of a player who plays in a sport that we watch for entertainment. Those are questions that I always toil with in my own mind because, trust me, I'm on the same page as the rest of you guys. I think this is absolutely ridiculous. But if you're sitting in the hot seat as the general manager and your job is on the line, if you don't put a winning team on the ice, are you worried about Evander Kane's gambling problems? And that's the issue, though. Right? So. Yeah. I mean, I think the answers are going to be all over the place. Some fans yeah. want to you know, bury their head in the sand and, and not worry about that. And you're right. When it all comes down to, to dollars, like there are a lot of GMs who would just worry about the construction of the team and, and winning. Um, but I do think that there are people of greater, you know, moral character. And I do think also that there are sponsors that uh, mm -hmm. are caring, starting to care more and more about these things. Good. So, yeah. you know, um, I got a message from somebody at Scotiabank actually after my hometown hockey rant. I'll just call it rant for lack of a better <laughs> term. Um, and they texted me and they said, I want you to know that we as a sponsor take this stuff, take this very seriously. So, God. you know, I do think that it, there's going to be, hopefully there's a shift and it's, it's going to come from where the dollars are coming from. And when sponsors start saying, listen, if, if this, you know, if this organization doesn't conduct itself differently, moving forward, we're going to pull our money, then that's the money. Yeah. <laughs> so, it comes, it comes, again, so comes true. back to the money though. At the end it of the day, it sounds yes. cold. It sounds cold to say it's going to change when it's bad for business, but it's true. Well, but, but I mean, but I at do this think point, they're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. Like I do. Right. I, I hope so. I think, I think, well, their name is on it. Right. Yeah, I think organizations like, they, like Bank have these, you know, they have these sort of hockey is for everyone inclusive kind of mm -hmm. messages. Right. Um, but I think they're they're legit about it. I know they're a bank, Good. blah, blah, blah. And they were a longtime sponsor of hometown hockey, not anymore. But I think they mean it. You know, I think organizations like Scotiabank and Bauer and a lot of more, yeah. you know, social justice focused um, organizations that are 
you know, are making, helping the league run. But I, I, I think there's in the past, there were organizations such as that big corporations that would send out those messages in support of uh, these demeaning tactics or something negative in, in the sports world just for promotion. Mm. But now I think a lot of these corporations are hiring individuals where it's ingrained in them to be fair and to be not that type of person. So it's probably organically happening, going to the top of the organization where they truly believe that this is not the right way to do things. And in the business world, there's something called reputational risk. And I work in the financial industry and we put a value on reputational risk. And it's a real, real thing. It's just not a, a fancy term out there. Uh, we have every decision that we make, we look at what the reputational risk is of making that decision. And sometimes we say yay or nay based on whether supporting a charity or, or, or uh, approving a, a credit facility or something. Um, it's, it's a real thing. So, um, and I think that's in all corporations. It doesn't have to be in the, fi in the financial industry. MLSE, you know, would have that type of uh, analytics and, and, and values placed against those things as well. So, but I, I think the most important thing is you see all these organizations hiring these respectful people who are, um, who think a lot about these, again, these demeaning tactics and want uh, equality and those things. So um, uh, hopefully that's, that trend continues. Well, it got to start somewhere, hey? And I mean, with Kyle Beach's story being, it had to be, unfortunately, that had to happen for it to start, the, the conversation to start, then, I mean, it is what it is. And we can only, I guess, thank him for starting it. But, but well, what's got to happen for the conversation to continue? Because just like... Just constant like the, stories? Yeah. Or like, well, yeah, you know, yeah. Do we need a, a player to come out every three weeks with a story? Because just like we really talked before the, before the podcast about the residential schools and how that, that has kind of just... Well, it's, one, it's full on genocide, and it's one of the most repugnant things i've ever seen in the history of the country it's kind of slipped into the back pages of of the news uh kyle beach's story was everywhere across the globe it was front page news on every newspaper sporting related or not for a couple of days right and now it's kind of a footnote to again we're back to the trade deadline and things that are upcoming uh i just i just don't see where I know we talk about progression all the time, and it's, it's a, it, the, the league loves to drop that word because it makes people feel all warm and cuddly. But I just don't, I haven't seen it. I just haven't seen. I want to see something where I say, okay, now that to me makes sense. That is a move that'll help prevent this from happening again. And I, and I don't, I don't see it. I just don't. There's more responsive measures than proactive. Oh, and you know what? Like it, it's unfortunate that it took a Rick Westhead. To break the story because I, I wonder if that story about Kyle Beach would ever have been broken without Rick and I may be totally naive would have been broken without Rick Westhead uh, going into that much um, investigation into that topic I, I don't know someone else can answer that question uh, I think no I, I think it was a big wake-up call for the media I think I mean there were there was a group Katie Strang Rick Westhead and a couple of you know more local Chicago reporters, Chris Pope and and a, a couple of others, um, but for sure Rick, Rick and Katie really, uh, and Rick primarily, I guess you know took it and just chewed on it, um, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of other media outlets recognize that, you know they didn't for whatever reason, didn't want to touch it, 
and you know no, a lot of media is you know being held to, to task uh, taken mm-hmm. to task for for not jumping on it until it yeah. broke wide open when in fact you know everybody knew about this in the spring right so um i think it was quite eye-opening and i do think that the media has a huge part to play in all of this and we are, you know, we are seeing it again, same investigative reporters though. There's uh, this other player who's now in the KHL, yeah. Reed Boucher, yeah. um, who's been accused of some heinous stuff with a billet sister. Um, yes. And, among, and there are other allegations that have come up today. Um, so, but I think, you know, like the responsibility now, even if you work for Sportsnet and you're a rights holder with the NHL, like, you have this, there has to be a level of accountability. Um, I think there's always been an element of fear. Like if we, if we talk about this, the NHL won't give us that or we'll fall out of favor. Um, And that's all that is always going to exist. But I hope that my colleagues will start, you know, to amplify. Not everybody's going to be an investigative reporter. Not everybody can delve into these stories the way that a Rick Westhead or a Katie Strang can. Um, but we can certainly help propel the story and, and make sure that the NHL or whatever organization it is feels the, you know, feels the heat. Feels the bronze. There's a pressure to do the right thing. Finally. Yeah. I think we're in a better place now. Like, uh, you know what, as sad as it is, I can see this stuff happening when it did. Um, I just see the evolution of my career that, the amount of attention that's placed in the workplace now on, on empowering employees to uh, report such uh, incidents without fear of uh, being fired or put into the corner, whatever the right word is. Uh, I like to think we're going in a, in a better direction. Uh, but I, I look back and I know there's been a lot of blame placed on the, the um, Patrick Keynes and Jonathan Taves of the world. Like those guys were, Correct me if I'm wrong. They were 20 and 21 or 21 and 22 at the time um, in a locker room with a lot of veterans, probably a lot of strong personalities, including the coaches and management. I, I don't know. I, yeah, there's, there was an opportunity for them to be a little bit more vocal. I, I don't know. I, I kind of I don't feel bad for them, but I can understand me being in that place at that point in time in that era, being a little bit nervous to bring something like that up um i i would like to think youth going forward will feel a little bit more strong and confident to bring those things up but um the right people were let go in the organization i think uh i i I can't put all the blame on those young guys like they're they're not far shy of teenagers no i mean i i i agree to a certain extent although you know they were still leaders then and and yeah yeah. but i i just think it's it is indicative of the culture as a whole. And again, when you're, nobody's taught and that that's why Sheldon Kennedy's, you know, attention to the ability to even have conversations is mm-hmm. so important because yeah. you just, you know, they never learned that. Um, they learn to keep their heads down and, you know, just got your blinders on and win at all costs. So the yeah. whole thing, it's just, yeah you're just watching this, the culture fulfill itself there. So that's yeah. why when they say change hockey culture, that's it. Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, going back to your 
I guess we're calling it Durant now officially. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it is. What it is. That's um, good name for our episode. Yeah, maybe that's a good name for the episode. Durant. Durant. Um, <laughs> you you said I believe it was the culture of silence is being upheld. I think that was the the, the, the sentence that really resonated with me because it's so, it, like the, the NHL just feels that way, doesn't it? Like you know, it's the same. It goes right right on back to let's forget about the the the, the hard topics to talk about. Just the uh intermission interviews with the players you know for for 20 years of me being a fan you got the same answers from every player every intermission well we got to go out there and give 110 percent we got to get pucks in deep we got you know uh, it was just start on time don't say anything other than these three things you know and and that that culture and and like i said that 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 whole your whole rant like i said changed my view on a lot of things but those couple of those couple of key quotes really stood out to me and uh and I think it raised a lot of eyebrows. It certainly well, it did around here anyway. Well, not everybody loved it, but that's okay. But I mean, I do think, I, I think a lot of people were having this conversation and, and just, I just had the opportunity to use a bigger platform. Yeah. Um, but that's it, you know, and, and when I saw Connor McDavid, you know, when he <sighs> asked about Evander Kane and, you know, granted, like, I don't exactly know what Connor's going to say, but I don't have a lot of faith that that Connor is the type of guy who would speak up, you know, no. I do think he is um, focused on, on, on winning. And mm-hmm. obviously there's some deference to the leadership there that I heard in, in him, but that, yeah. that was, that was the culture of silence there. You don't say anything bad about your, your teammates. You don't say anything bad about the organization. Um, and yeah, it's, and the media is complicit in that culture of silence too. Well, the way it is now well, with NHL and their players is you speak up, you get fined. So you don't like the ref, right. you're fined, That's right. right? You tweet about yeah. something, yeah, it's $5,000 fine. Yeah. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like, so at this point, a lot of people and are like, oh, come, come to us anonymously. Oh yeah, but then you get fired. So it's like, why are any why why would you if you want to keep your job or you want to keep whatever it is your reputation depending on i guess the situation and the story but you're afraid to come forward because of the repercussions that could come from it yeah right like the stories that came out a couple weeks ago about the office officials fired (laughs) right it's just yeah it's just crazy it's just i feel like the conversation has started and they can say that they're going to do this and do that and, you know, these new changes or, or whatever. But until something actually gets done, That's we're all left service. here just like, yeah, yeah, it is. And I I mean, I'm not a fan of Gary Bettman. I never have been. And I feel like until he retires or whatever the case may be, it's not going to change. And even the guy below him is no better. So I don't know. That's just my opinion. But <laughs> I think a lot of people share your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's how do you affect, you know, top down leadership when the top is the same? That's- yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. Tom's are changing at uh, this point. Needs a big change. Put a woman in there. You took the words out of my mouth. That'll, that'll change <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> and it, well, it would though. In all honesty. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> we I get agree. Shit done. We get I shit agree. done. <laughs> you stick my wife in charge of the NHL. It's going to change. <laughs> yep. Right? Yep. I can tell you that. 100%. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No, I don't want to, we don't want to keep you on like Tara. Uh, we, we are really, really glad you took the time. I mean, I, I, if I've said it before, I might as well say it again. Um, the people who come on our podcast as a guest are purely to their core, 
amazing people because they don't have to. There's <laughs> nothing that says anyone's got to reply to my messages even. And the <laughs> fact that you even took the time to do that uh, a year ago, we, we, we started the, the, I know, the dialogue on this. It's taking a while to get this going, I apologize. But, but hey, okay. you, you've always answered no. my messages and uh, and I truly appreciate that. Um, like I said, you're, you're, you're a character uh, Sean through in this podcast for me, even more so than, than what I've gotten used to, accustomed to seeing on my couch there on, uh, on, on, on hockey. So I really, really appreciate you taking the time. Um, but yeah, I, I can't really, I can't I can't thank you enough, basically. I'm, oh, well, I'm well, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, really nice. It was a, an unexpected crew and I, I love that. It's uh, this is a, a great conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and if you ever come back the next time you're on the rock, let us know. Of course, right? of reach course. out. The idea we had originally scheduled this before the, the Gander trip, and uh, anyway, yeah. hopefully that gets... kept, we, we would have come to Gander. Oh. Yeah. yeah, if we got 100%. to, we'll come out and see you again. Hundred <laughs> percent. Are we allowed? Are we allowed to use a friend of the show, or can we like rename it like a buddy of the show, or something like <laughs> we that? We call it like, buddy of the show. A buddy of the, the buddy show. Of the yeah, show. yeah, that's our new slogan. Buddy buddy of the show. Show. We're gonna get T-shirts yeah. made up with that. I like it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Rogers hometown hockey, <laughs> buddy of the show. <laughs> yeah. You guys that. are great. Really, I really appreciate. Thank it. you. Thank you That's so nice. much for coming on. Thanks so much. One of the quotes that I didn't mention in our podcast with Tara was, "Anyone who thinks this culture is not deeply broken is wrong." That's how she ended her rant. Um, I think, if anything, the last half an hour of our podcast, I think, only drives all that home a little further. What, what are your guys takeaways from from the chat with Tara? I I thought she was so real. Um, she's definitely not shy to stay away from the controversial topics, considering she is a very inf influential um, individual in sports media with close ties to the NHL. Uh, I think uh, we need more like her. She's not yeah. the, the in your face type. Um, you can actually take to her and whether you agree with some of the issues uh, or her stance on some of the issues, uh, or her, her stand on some of the issues, which I agree with all of her stand, all of her viewpoints. But even if you didn't, you could actually take to her and have a genuine, good conversation with her or debate. Um, debate I absolutely. Thought, yeah, I thought she was fantastic, yeah. very professional, very lucky to have her. Absolutely. Now, Kylie, you got to share the screen with another lady for the first time, I think, in, on this, on this, I think it's the first, right? First lady you've been on with here? I think so. I think so. I don't know. Probably. Oh, that's a new record, right? So there we go. Um, what so. are your takeaways? I mean, from from a, I got a question for you because I will, I would have asked Tara this, but we ran out of time, really. Um, and I'd like to see after okay. talking with her what what your response to it would be. So, how do you think your fandom as a female hockey fan varies from the fandom of a typical male, you know, in in the same demographic, basically, which would be us. Um, i.e. how do these things as they trickle down affect you and your fandom knowing that a lot of it tends to be tailored towards females well when like like the logan malu however you pronounce his name like that I situation do, yeah. that one was probably the worst in in my personal opinion just because yeah. that poor girl whether she you know made up because i know i read some of the stories that was that apparently she had told like in court or whatever it was her statement and stuff and she talks about how you know it affected her and now she's 
depressed and whatever the case may be. She gets to watch him play hockey, though, and live his life and get paid millions of dollars. And that's the part that pisses me off about it. Mm. And then uh, we don't really know what happened with Evander and his wife. They say she's nuts. They say he's nuts. I think they're both nuts. But if what she's saying is true, he's a monster. But <laughs> get to watch him on TV. He gets to pay a million of dollars. He gets to be a celebrity so to speak and that's that's the worst part of it and that's just i mean on my my take of it all but um i mean if you wanted me to really go on a tangent i could but i'll stop there no i and I, I appreciate that because that's what i was getting at and i don't think and i think that's present company included i don't think any of us guys really like we hear the bad news we hear all oh, this happened or that happened oh this is unfortunate oh that was illegal this was illegal but we don't have the perspective of actually being a female fan of these game of this game and seeing what these players who are at the center of the controversy the effect that they have on the females who are on the back ends of the story we don't have that well, perspective it, it makes people like the jake for tannin situation like that young girl she come out she told her story and a lot of people attacked her and it was like, oh, you wait this long. Ooh, it's because he just signed this big deal. And like, no, you know, and that's where and it, that's why I think as like a female in that aspect, it if that had happened to me or to anybody and they see this happening to this person who had come forward, then why would you come forward? Why would you want to get attacked online? Why would you, I mean, quote unquote, ruin Jake for Tannen's life? Like, that's what they said she was trying to do with this fictitious story. Mm. You know, and it's like, um, instead, how about we support her and call out him for being the piece of shit that he is? I mean, that did happen too, but it was really, really split. Yeah, I remember. So that's just yeah. another, that's another situation that we didn't even get to, honestly, because he, the Canucks did the right thing when they completely bought out his contract. Goodbye. See you, see you later. Yeah. And... I don't even know if his if he was like proven guilty or like what had happened with his situation. She told a story a week later he was out. So good on Canucks for doing that because at least it ju does show some support behind her, and that's what it, we don't it, see a lot. It does, but if if Jake Vertanen was Evander Kane, would they have done the same thing? That's the that's the question. And that's asks, another thing, right? So, right. I mean, Patrick Kane. Now again, that's all settled. That's settled outside of court, and and apparently, allegedly, she took the deal so that if you take the deal, you're happy with the, with the outcome. So that's, yeah. but that doesn't mean it didn't happen, right? That's true. So Patrick Kane is still one of the highest paid, uh, most adored fan, most adored players in the NHL. But yet here we are. Um, but no, I, I really want to get your take on that because after after chatting with Tara, it really got to uh, get my gears turning. Uh, because again, we only ever get one female's perspective, and it's nice to get someone else who got a similar mindset. And seeing you guys bounce these things off of each other was uh, probably my favorite part of the podcast tonight, actually. But Chad, what about you, man? Uh, what are your takeaways from from your meeting? From a Tara, like that, the rent uh, for the time and the place and everything that's going on, having someone like her to use her position, it took a lot of courage to do so. So just really grateful to have the opportunity to talk to her with that, and just to. Uh, I mean, join in the same fight. And we just hope that more people like her happen and less stories yeah. are left to be told. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So just you know make why? it right and there's nothing left to make right. 
the unfortunate world that we live in right now, you're always going to have those keyboard heroes, those anonymous folks online that are just there to cause controversy. And they're probably against the views of most, what I'm going to call normal people or most views of civilization. Um, but it's going to take women like Tara Sloan to come out and be that voice that hopefully it helps these folks that are not in the public eye that unfortunately when they do come up against an incident or harassment or whatever, that it's going to be a little bit easier. Uh, mm -hmm. But you're always going to have those keyboard heroes. It's, it's impossible to get away from it. Um, that's why even go back to the Blackhawks and the Call Beach situation, like how much, um, how much of a reputation hit did Chicago, did the Blackhawks take? The fact that they dragged that out to a court process or a hearing with Call Beach, yes, they, they have some kind of settlement, um, but they never really, I don't know if their messaging was really clear as to that they took responsibility on this. Um, I would they like tried to, to brush it under the rug. Well, I they I, I wanted say, it to go away. I, I will say that yeah. after when the when the initial after the initial investigation was done, and Blackhawks ownership sat down and done their I did on like an hour YouTube video that was released or media media availability or whatever you want to call it with the lawyer and with the owners, um, the ownership and and the the, the the report which was which was third party unbiased report allegedly uh, found that ownership had no idea none whatsoever this was all gm down kind of situation and and uh and, and again the owners were no actors they're high, they're very very rich billionaires but he, they were disgusted and uh, so i don't think while i do agree with 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 tara's quote unquote uh, the culture being broken i do agree with that wholeheartedly i still do think there are some good people in this league who could fix some things but like we said i gotta start mm -hmm. from the top it, it's it's yeah. it's there and uh, and that's what's got to happen if we want to stop hearing about this stuff it just i guess to a point you can't you can't eliminate monsters from the world and they're going to creep into organizations but it just seems like our reaction and the league's reaction to these monsters isn't what it should be in all honesty though like how does somebody how does that get changed you know what i mean like i'm sure there's probably like a board of directors that would vote i guess to replace batman but board of governors. i feel like the, yeah board of yeah board of governors or whatever but i feel like it's still this old boys club and he's the lead runner of it yeah money he makes money he's there for business oh yeah, listen it, he's made the business. nhl he's made the nhl a lot well, of no money doubt. A lot. Oh, no doubt he's, he's done a man. good job you don't but hide that either there's a million things that he's dropped the ball on that he could have done. Like, you know, just the simple scheduling things. Like, they schedule six games on a day that there's, like, you know, the first day of football. Like, who the hell's watching hockey, you know? And the same with the Winter Classic. They had, like, four other games scheduled at the same time as the Winter Classic. Like, just, he does a lot. And I'm saying him, but the NHL in a whole does a lot of really stupid things that but he's they could, if, they, if it's about the, the money, they, they are doing it wrong. But valid, I just feel like at this point, point. when are they going to just, like, you know, okay, bud. You're a little bit senile. Time to move over. But like I said, daily's no better. Twenty so. years, good to go. Yeah, time to time to go now, right? And I mean, how old is that man? Yeah. Like he's not young, oh. right? He's old enough Someone to be able to afford a nose job by now. In any case, <laughs> um, any case, and like you know, we got to wrap this up, guys. This is this is one of my favorites, and I'm so glad I got to share it with you guys. Um, your guys input and your views on all this stuff that we get to talk with these people about uh if it was just me sitting talking to these people it wouldn't be a good podcast so what you guys have brought to the table here certainly tonight was just 
stellar. I really, really enjoyed listening to your guys' take and 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 uh, like I said, in particular Kylie's banter back and forth with with Tara on a couple issues. Seeing the female perspective from both ends was was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Um, if you guys who out there in listening land or watching land enjoyed it, um, make sure you hit the old subscribe button. That's not too much to ask. Or give it a like and a share. Or drop a comment. We love hearing hearing the comments from people who do listen to the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. You can get all of our content, of course, at uh, www.deeksnipeselly.ca or at facebook.com slash deeksnipeselly. Uh, you can also catch us on Twitter at sellydeek. And uh, if you're one of these listener types, again, whop that uh, follow, subscribe button, whatever you want to call it, uh, so you can get updates as to when we're rolling out new content. We've got a lot of great stuff coming up. The guest list just continues to get more impressive, which... I can only assume that means we're doing something right. So, uh, so yeah, keep tuning in, guys. You keep tuning in. We'll keep pumping it out. Uh, big shout out, of course, last but not least, to the people who make this possible, and that's PHG Sports at Whitby, Ontario. Um, you can catch them on www.phgsports.com. Um, they've been uh, they've been the, the number one supplier of uh, hand sign memorabilia for Costco Canada now for ten plus years, and going strong. So whenever you see uh, see merchandise at Costco. You can be sure it's the real deal, and that's the guys from PHG. So, again, www.phgsports.com. That's where the pros sign, PHG Sports. All right, guys, so if you're happy, I'm happy. Uh, I got nothing else. Yep. You guys you guys good? All good. good. Ready for the bunk. Awesome. All right. All right, guys. Well, peace out. Cheers. Bye.